Hi, hi, Erica, and hi, Sue. Hey. Um, Hello. Okay, this is going to be the four-week fundamental. I've never, I don't think I've done a full four-week fundamental because it takes about five hours. Funny <laughs> <When you> messing. <laughs> but it does take time. It takes time to talk about actually getting good food and nutrition into you because here is the four key fundamentals. And I could say this like, you need to go to bed before 11 o'clock, half 11 every night. You need to eat a high plant diet and high meat if you want. You need to exercise daily and you need to reflect for about five minutes every day. And there you go. It's finished. Nobody would. Well, it's not for sale, but nobody would buy that because there's no information behind it. So to kind of get into it, the reason the reason I do the four fundamentals is because when I got better from BPD, I never even asked you, Sue, have you BPD? Um, I have not been diagnosed, but I do have a lot of emotional regulation problems that I've actually just seen a therapist for the first time a few okay. weeks ago Yeah, in my three years. So we're just trying to figure things out right now. But I know from listening to your podcast and I, I've been listening to Rose Skeeters as well, it just speaks volumes to me. It's a little creepy how much yeah. I can relate to some of the things. So. I, you know, hypersensitive people, that's the way, like, that's the way I look at it. Hypersensitive people, we're just hypersensitive. You know, I know people have to label it BPD or legends or whatever you want to call us, but, you know, we're just hypersensitive. And we take things a lot more personal, I suppose. Well, you know, I have to be honest with you. I don't take things as personal today. I have to be, like, and I'm on about today, I just don't. Like, if... Um, there was an incident there with one of my kids there today and, and uh, she was a little bit upset and all that and, and she has a high, high level of sensitivity high level of sensitivity and um, I just look at it and I go you're going to be in the gang someday you're just going to be in the gang there's nothing you can do like, there's just, just the way you're born there's nothing you can do you know but you're looking at it from a different perspective like you know and you as a parent, it's it's strange to watch somebody with that level of emotion from zero to a million. Because I've three children, and one of them goes from zero to a million in a millisecond. And they're gone. And that's it. And they're like, and the other two are not as quick with their emotions. Um, so hypersensitive children end up with BPD. That's the way I look at it. You're you're born hypersensitive, you end up with BPD. Because uh, again, I can think about times where I would go from zero to a million as a child. Like I can very vividly remember those those times, and I don't think the average person can can recall those things, right? So, yeah. and it, as I said, it, my children are seven and five and five. The twins are five, so I'm watching three children develop with only a two year gap. And, you know, the three of them are quite different as, as human beings. And at the same token, yeah, one of them is extremely sensitive. Uh, extreme. Now, at the same token, extremely kind and caring. And we went over, we went to the shop there today. And um, my, the eldest one who would be sensitive, she had her money. But um, her, her sister forgot her money. And didn't my son have... 10 euros 
And she took a tenner off him. Here, give that to your sister. <laughs> just like this. I was just watching it going, oh, this is going to be fun. And she just, here, give me that. You have to give that to your sister. Very, that's the way it has to be. It has to be fair, you know? <laughs> and he was crying going, I don't want to give her the money. I know you don't, she <laughs> says. But at the same time, you have to give her. She forgot her money. And that's the way she is as well. She's extremely fair. There's just, she wouldn't allow us go into the shop unless he, unless the girl, my other daughter had the money. So extremely fair, but extremely emotional. And mm-hmm. beauty in it is just that. It's, but you see, people like us, we get regarded as just what we do, except for all the fairness that comes with us and uh, the way we do want to help people and the way we do feel about others and stuff like that. And that's, I suppose, one of the reasons I do is to try and highlight that. You know, What's, uh, right, that that yeah. deep caring and deep empathy that we have for people, and it's just like on another level. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. That's absolutely, and that's that's why I try and highlight all of this in a sense of just to put it out there that you know people that are hypersensitive aren't bad people. We, I'm trying to, I won't say teach people if you can respond rather than react. That's the game over. If you can, the only difference between anybody else is their responses. We react. Then we're sorry. And if you can respond, if you can just pause it for a second and go, I'm not getting into this. (laughs) Like my number one, my number one tip, and I would regard myself as fully recovered. My number one tip, walk away. Walk away. Like my daughter today slammed the door of the car because she was upset. And I was I was going, Yeah. And I was in the car and I was doing this with my teeth. I was going, um, one of them. <laughs> I was biting my lip going because I couldn't go anywhere and I couldn't walk away. But I'm in the car and I have tons of little coping techniques for being in a car. And I was just in the car going, I know what we're gonna do next, you know. Does anyone want ice cream? Huh? Does anyone want ice cream? Right? <laughs> so, yeah. And she was beside me. So we got ice cream anyway. They're eating their ice cream. And see, I know from binge eating that ice cream makes you feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> so they were eating the ice cream anyway. And I says, I'll fucking wait now. You know, I'll wait until there's a good bit of sugar into her, you know. Anyway, the sugar was there and I could say, did you, you like the ice cream? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. Please don't slam the door anymore. I know you got a little bit upset. Please don't slam the door anymore. It's not it's not appropriate to be slamming doors of cars. That's just not something we do. OK, that's OK. Right. And, and that's the difference. It's to wait and to plan it and to fucking get ice cream in this case. And then, to you know, she wasn't getting away with it. There's no way was I going to buy her ice cream for slamming the door. The ice cream was the kind of uh, decoy. <laughs> I only wanted her to get happy so she could take in the information. The ice cream wasn't even part of a treat. It was just to get her into the happy zone. And that's what I'm on about. Little tiny things that... I've learned over the years that, you know, what can you do in situations when they happen? And it's down to food. It's down to eating well. It's down, like, I'm up at five o'clock this morning. I'm, and I'm eating, now it's Sunday, I eat a little bit 
different on a Sunday. I give myself more of a variety than I do midweek. But at the same token, it's still only one ingredient foods. It's only one ingredient. There's not two ingredients. Like, now I said this to someone, it's one ingredient foods, and they emailed me back a picture, a picture, and they go, I'm doing really fantastic with this one ingredient foods. And I was looking at it going, geez, that looks like shit. <laughs> like, and they're like, do you not add a bit of variety? You said one ingredient. I didn't fucking say just eat one food. I said one ingredient foods. Like you can put all the one ingredients and make a dish. Just so long as when you're putting them in, they have one ingredient like broccoli, quinoa, chicken. You know, it's still only one ingredient. But they, God help them, they were, they were only eating one ingredient at a time. And uh, so that's something. I have to, yeah, <laughs> it's something. You see, that's life, isn't it? But. No, it's it's one ingredient foods. The basics of the basics of this is this. If I was to simplify the diet, because there is no diet. You're in Canada, you're in New York, and I'm in Ireland. You know, there is no specific, or oh, eat this food or eat 324 grams of chicken. There is none of that with this. It's basically eat one ingredient foods. That's all it is. Now to get up to 21 different fibers a day. And the reason I say 21 different fibers is this. Um, when you eat 21 different fibers a day, what happens is you have, did you ever hear of soluble fiber and insoluble fiber? A little bit. I don't know a lot about it, but I've, I'm familiar with the terms. Yes, yeah, so basically your, your plants, your nuts, seeds, fruit and veg, they have soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. So soluble fiber will actually fill you up. It expands in water. If you ever put chia seeds into water or any liquid, they'll start to expand a little bit, right? So that's what soluble means. They'll, they'll take in water. And you see the human, the human stomach or any stomach, to be honest with you, but run about humans today. I'm doing the dogs tomorrow. I can't wait to do the best. <laughs> I'm, Portuguese, fucking the, yeah, Portuguese man of war. But the stomach can't, Anyone's stomach, it can't, um, it can only take in mass. It can't take in calories. And to give you an example of that is you can, we get these, my wife got these little cookies there, right? They're cookies you can get in a supermarket. And they're about, you know, four or five inches, you know, in diameter. Or, it's a big uh, cookie. Sorry? It's a big cookie. It's a big cookie. It's about, they're about that size, like, um, they're a big enough cookie. And I'm a devil for looking at calories and stuff like that over the years. So all that information kind of is in my head. Now, an average dinner with a normal piece of meat, potatoes, two or three vegetables, say on it, would be about 500 calories. But that's a full plate. Now, that cookie is 500 calories. Now, a full plate of dinner should fill the stomach. So that's where you'll stop getting the ghrelin. You get a hormone called ghrelin when you're hungry. And when you fill your stomach, it, it stops it. it. Basically, it's like a toilet. You know, when it fills up, it stops. Uh, I know. See, I'm not, you know, this is... <laughs> I spray cars. We forget now when we eat. Yeah. Your stomach uh, is a toilet. <laughs> more or less. Will you hear what's next? Um... Now, if you were to put one of these cookies into you, it's just not going to fill up your stomach, which means in order to fill your stomach, you could eat three or four of them 
but you're talking 2000 calories and no nutrition, which means in an hour afterwards, an hour after you eat that, you're going to be hungry again, which is going to make you more eat more. And you see, if you can, if you get to learn about food and understand what it does to your stomach, it's very easy to manage your food because we, we work off a basic automatic system. Like we don't, we don't tell ourselves we're hungry. Our own bodies tell us all of this. And when you start to actually implement food that you're training your stomach, literally, because you get hungry around one o'clock and you'll get, you know, you have literally, everyone trains their stomach in some way or another, depending. Like my brother wouldn't eat lunch, so he doesn't get hungry at one o'clock, whereas I would. But when you start training your stomach to eat, you'll actually be in a position where putting in all these foods and fibers into you will fill you and make you feel full. But the thing about putting in the food, one ingredient foods is this. Your bacteria, when they get all these foods combined, they make a hormone called serotonin. And that's what makes us happy. And that's crucial for like, here's the thing about the gut bacteria. It's not that they're making us happy. According to science, what happens is, is when you actually feed them fiber, they get happy. The side effects of them being happy is us being happy. So like when you realize that you literally have no control over your emotions, there's nothing much got to do with you in a sense of when you're anxious in your stomach, that's not you. That's your bacteria vibrate. When you're happy in your, and you're full of happiness, that's them as well, because you're, they vibrate so much. Now, this is science. This is not me making this up. But they vibrate so much after eating plants that they actually they produce serotonin and they pass it through the neural pathways of themselves because there's so many trillion of them together. It's somewhat like the brain, the way the neural pathways work in the brain. There's trillions of bacteria in your gut. And because they all are happy, they start vibrating around each other and make the hormone serotonin. And we become happy because they're happy. Now that is science. So when you look like when I figured this out, meant hold on there a second. So like my happiness is really just feeding the little fuckers. I just have to feed them little fuckers and just let them do their thing because it's nothing then got to do with me. And when I figured that out, that was the end of a lot of my troubles. Like it's Sunday and I, I'm up at five this morning and I'm pretty tired because I'm not working. And you know, when you're not working, you become a bit lazy and you're lying a bit or whatever, and you get tired. And I was tired today. So I was going up and doing stuff and I cleaned the house and bits and pieces. And but about two hours ago, I says, geez, I'm getting tired now. I am getting tired. So I go in and I make myself a smoothie because I know now two hours later, I can't help being happy. So there's nothing I can do about it. Like, that's how much I know food interferes with my emotions that like on at three o'clock today, I just went in and had a, a, a massive smoothie and I'm happy now and I can't help that happiness. And realizing that years ago was, is going to sound like a pun fundamental. Um, but it was when I realized that years ago, I meant really my happiness is down to actually eating enough fibers and eating really good food. 
Now, how do you get all these foods into you? I do smoothies. You know, I'll make a smoothie in the morning. Um, my main goal in the morning time is to feed my gut bacteria. Because I know what they do, I look at myself as a, well, we are a symbiotic species in a sense of we are bacteria and human. But I actually look and go, right, I'm going to feed you first and then I'll feed me later on. And I literally do that. I feed my gut bacteria. Like in the morning time, I'll have rolled oats or porridge, as we call it. Um, I will have uh, my smoothie. I'll have my inulin coffee. So all of that is basically fibers, fibers and more fibers going into my gut. Lots and lots of plants. Um, I have a, a massive smoothie maker, but even if you don't, you can be putting in your plants into it. And especially into the smoothies. Put in the vegetables you don't like because you can hide them with fruit. And that way you're still getting that vegetable fiber into you. Because again, it's not so much now about, for me, it's not so much about the plants. It's about making sure and getting the fibers into me. And then I'll feed myself. I don't know if you eat meat, if you don't eat meat or what way you are with meat. Um, if you don't eat meat, getting 21 different plants into you every day covers it. John, I'm going to interject because I have to leave very soon. No problem. Okay. But I'm going to I'm going to add really quick is that um, like just to envision that I don't know um, Sue's where like where your diet is now like where would you say you're at with like how many vegetables you get? I get twenty one. I get twenty one plants again into me every day. I'm probably like if we're talking all the fibers, I'm probably around like five or six. Like it's pretty yeah. low right now. That's a good start. You're not at zero. That's good. <laughs> I think my biggest problem is how do you keep the bad stuff out? So I don't know how much Sean and Erica you think it is to ben it's beneficial to add all of these fibers to feed your gut bacteria, but what kind of effect does all of these chemicals and all the toxins from the processed food have on your mood as well? Like, I guess it'd be more beneficial just to even get all of that crap out, regardless of if you're eating, you know, or not. Right. Or replacing maybe is a good strategy. And that's kind of, I was, I had a diet that was very similar to yours where it was like, I had some plants, but it wasn't like a lot. And then yeah. over time, and then with Sean's help, like recently, um, I really just quickly could exchange what I was eating for plants instead. So instead of having something processed, I'd be like, okay, I could take these single ingredient things or always have a bowl of rice ready and I can just quickly saute veggies and tofu and throw it on. And that's a lunch. Like it was pretty easy. I would say like, it just takes like planning. Um, mm -hmm. But it sounds like you are off to a good start and you're thinking about it. So, you know, adding the smoothie, that was a big help for me because that's like, an, like Sean's saying, it's like, it's such an easy way to put so many things. Like I could make one later and I'll add maybe 10 things just in that one smoothie. And then you're like, wow, okay, I'm already doing six. Now I have 10 more and then I just need to add five more and then I'm at 21. So maybe, yeah. And then Sean, I know, I know Sean has a strategy for introducing them over the the weekly plan, but I'm just giving you examples of how it can quickly uh, turn into a more plant-based situation that can boost your mood 
And with that, I'm going to go. Sorry, everyone, that I can't stay longer, but Sean, thanks for having me on. And I'm glad I could say something about uh, my experience. And, and thanks so much for all you've done to help me. So, oh, thank anyway. you. And congratulations on your book. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nice well. meeting. Nice Congrats meeting. On your book. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Take care. Bye. I'll Take see care. You. Um, yeah, no, if you want to, the processed food, so basically your gut, um, there's 10% good bacteria in your gut and 10% bad bacteria in your gut. And then 80% of your bacteria, they will go with whoever's in control. So it's a bit like, um, you know, like a football stadium. It could be full of a massive crowd and they're generally okay. But if a riot starts, you can see a massive amount of people going with the riot. And, hum and bacteria are very much like that, that they're kind of neutral, but depending on which bacteria are the more dominant species is the ones they'll go with. Now, what I find is, in my experience, is this. When you have negative intrusive thoughts, I always, uh, well, no, I'll use myself. I won't say it because you can't speak for everyone. When I have negative intrusive thoughts, I always ask myself, what did you eat? And you can be guaranteed it was processed. Mm -hmm. And you can be guaranteed it was like, I'm only on a massively clean diet the last couple of months. I was a binge eater on sweets. I was eating really clean and then really dirty. But I was like, I was eating a massive amount of fiber to balance the amount of sweets I was eating. Um, mm -hmm. And I was cheating my way through it. I was grand. I was, I mean, I'm okay for years. But I was putting up the weight and the weight and the weight. And eventually, like, that will get you. As in, in health ways, it will get you. But with mm -hmm. the processed food, I have a simple thing. What you feed will breed. So whatever you put into you will breed. And the thing about gut bacteria is this. If you, I'll give you an example. If you actually deliberately kept giving your bacteria broccoli, right? Every day in a smoothie. Um, this is brilliant for children um, because it's scientifically proven. If you kept giving yourself broccoli every day, right? You will actually crave broccoli because you're feeding that bacteria that eats broccoli and they will prompt you to eat more broccoli. So you see, it's not you. You don't get, as a person, people don't get the cravings as per se, I'm getting a craving for sweets. There's a bacteria that loves sugar. There's a bacteria that loves fat. There's bacteria, mm -hmm. that, and they, they prompt you to uh, eat a particular food. And when you eat that food, then they'll give you that feeling of, oh, geez, that's grand, now I'm done. That's all them. There's none of that is you. It's not you making a decision. This is where guilt comes into it because people are like, I didn't even want it. Like, I never felt an inch, of, not an inch of guilt eating sweets. Didn't care. Loved them. And I ate them. I don't know many people that are like that. A lot of people are like, I didn't even want them. And I feel so all right. OK. And, and the I, guilt is unreal. Eat junk. If you put a sweet or cupcake in front of me, I cannot say no to it. I have yeah. zero control. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm only four months now, or four months. I'm four months in. But I can tell you I'll never eat sweets again. 
I have it figured out. I now that took me 10 years to figure that out. It took me literally 10 years to figure it out. Um, and I'll tell you the diet in a minute, the specific diet I have that where now I, I can buy sweets. I couldn't buy them before I can look at them. Uh, I won't say I can smell them cause I'm not smelling them, but I like <laughs> my biggest, my biggest downfall was my son. Right. He's only five. And I, every year I give up sweets twice. You know, I give it two good hard goes. And I mean, literally willpower, trying it. I'd look back on last year. I tried this. Okay, I'll try this this year. It wasn't like I was trying the same thing each time. And my son would come up to me and go, Daddy, yeah, I love you. Would you like this bar of chocolate? I'd be like, ah, <laughs> next thing I'm eating it. <laughs> and then I'm binging again within a couple of weeks. You know, you're telling yourself, I'll just have this bar of chocolate not to offend them. And then a few weeks later, I'm binging on sweets again. Um, except for this Because once you have a little bit, you just keep going. And I find that's very much for me for sweets, but also carbohydrates. Like I could live off bagels and bread and I just get to that point where I can't say no to them. The more I eat, the more I want. So, yeah, yeah, I'm the same. And do you know, like. I, I, do you eat meat? I do, yes. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I, I did. I listened to your podcast about your carnivore diet. Yeah, and well then, yeah. that, I've been binging show for the last three weeks, so <laughs> I'm pretty right, up to yeah. speed. Yeah, okay, <laughs> great. Um, no, well, that's what I did. And uh, do you know something? It works a treat. It works a treat. Like, I, I literally... When I'm finished here, it'll be a meat dinner. So there's no carbs in me then. The last carbs I had was two hours ago as a smoothie. Um, and that was to perk me up. That was a perk me upper. Because you see, I know carbs will give you that instant sugar. But again, in, in that smoothie was all fruits and vegetables and seeds. So again, there was nothing processed in it. Um, now, the thing about probiotics, do you have any probiotic foods? Um, I mean, I guess yogurt, but I don't eat it very consistently, but not a lot. No. Probiotics play a huge role in health. Um, and according to science, the way science says is this, you could eat 28 grams of fiber, right? And that'll do you, that's good enough for your uh, digestive system, for your gut bacteria to flourish and grow. If you eat any more fiber, it doesn't really make much of a difference. You will get a lot more gas and bloatiness and stuff like that, which isn't really fun, but a lot more difference it won't make. However, when you introduce probiotic foods, kimchi, uh, kombucha, sauerkraut, you know, when you introduce these foods, then it makes a difference to your gut bacteria. Because what these do is they actually help you digest your food. See, I, I, you do listen to the podcast. So as you know, as a species, we didn't just eat food. We had food with bacteria. Right. And now we're the first of a generation to not do it. And we're the mm -hmm. first generation to suffer. I mean, if you look back, you had World War II, you had Vietnam, you had World War I. You had kids going off to war 
coming back. Yeah, they weren't exactly tip or topper coming home, but they survived. Mm-hmm. Now you have the highest yeah. rates of suicide because literally they were eating real food in the most horrific of times. We're eating processed food in the most safest of times and we're not coping. And the mm-hmm. difference is food. That's the difference. In when when um I mean now that I'm eating completely clean, I mean there is not one process, there's no sweets, cookies, cakes, ice cream, there's nothing going into my body now. And I I am, I'm up at five in the morning and I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock at night, which means I'm getting seven hours sleep and I have abundance of energy. And even as I said earlier on, when I'm, when I'm dipping a bit, like, cause it is Sunday, I'm a person that needs to be moving. I get, you know, if I stop at all, my brain just slows it down and I want to sleep. But yeah, even yeah. like that, you know, a simple smoothie and I'm back up again. So it's all food related in a sense of, how you how much you put in now with the processed food i i can oh yeah see because i've no notes it's just all memory what i did what i did was with with the processed food is um a couple of years ago a year about maximum two years i yet really clean i gave up the sweets i yet really clean i was off the sweets for a couple of months and i was eating clean 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 and the kids were doing what kids do, which is play, argue, fight, don't talk, play, argue, fight, don't talk. Right. That's that's what I noticed with them. Which can be I'm going to be very posh when I say this rather taxing on the mind. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a nice way to say it. <laughs> but either way, to do your fucking head in is how I would say it. Um. Anyway, rather taxing on the mind. I was looking at them and it didn't bother me. I was just looking at them and yeah, it didn't bother me. I didn't, I don't really get, I don't get, as I said earlier on with that story, I don't really get elevated with the kids too much. It would take a lot for me to get elevated up because then you're in there with them. And I'm not the biggest fucking child on the planet. If I get in there with them, it's not a fair game. Like, you know, no. you know what I mean? They're fucking this height and I'm a kid. <laughs> so I don't I try and be a parent but either way they weren't bothering me they just were not bothering me and then I said right I'm going to try a processed diet and I'm going to go on a processed diet so I went out and I got the shopping and I bought Coca-Cola and um, I don't drink stuff like that and you know pizzas and fries and chips and everything else that I love and I went on it just said, yeah, I'm going to go on this now. Had a dinner or whatever, just fairly normal, as in what people would eat. And a month and a half into it, I had to pull the plug. Because I was looking at the kids going, and they were doing the exact same thing. And I was looking at them going, I'd fucking kill you now. You're fucking doing my head in. And I was like this, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And I was inside my head going, remember this didn't annoy you. Don't fucking annoy me, you. <laughs> like <laughs> I do talk to myself and I was like looking at them and they were fucking grating on my nerves they were absolutely yeah. grating on my nerves I pulled the plug I normally will do something for three months reasons being is if I want to talk about it three months is a good enough time whereas I can come on and 
it's I wasn't even doing the podcast at the time, but three months is enough where you can talk. You can say to someone, no, I've done that for three months. If you say to people, I've done it for two weeks, I know what I'm talking about, they'd fucking laugh at you. But three mm-hmm. months is enough to be doing anything. And a month and a half into a processed diet, after being eaten relatively clean, we'll say, I was fit to kill the kids. And that really had a fucking major impact on my life. I was looking at it going, it's in your hands how much you can tolerate them being children. And I was just looking at this and it was profound to me going, Jesus Christ, like if I actually just eat completely processed, I'll be this parent. Mm -hmm. And if I eat clean, I'll be this parent. And it really had a profound effect that that choice was mine. Sean, was this your that you did? So you ate clean for a while and then you just wanted to see how the processed foods would affect you again? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You did a whole month and a half. That's (laughs) that's impressive. I couldn't stuck with I couldn't do anymore. I had to pull the plug after a month and a half. And I got I got way more darker intrusive thoughts. So the two things I noticed with processed food. So you're talking completely clean, no sweets, all. Pl- now, at that stage, I wasn't eating much meat. Um, no, I wasn't. I was eating really clean food. And uh, then I deliberately went on processed food. And all of my intrusive thoughts came back. Nobody likes me. Uh, it's I'm only a cod. I'm only fucking, you know, a fake. And all these horrible thoughts that I used to get years ago. And um, deep down, people just put up with me. Uh, you're not really ever going to be any good. Look at you. You're a shit father. All the horrible thoughts just came flooding back into my head. And I didn't have as many of them on a clean diet. So the two things I noticed was, well, there was a few things I noticed. My energy dipped hugely. I wasn't able. I was taking a lot more, um, like I won't say naps. I wasn't really much of a napper in my life, but I was, I was like, I was retreating up to the bedroom quite a lot to recharge my batteries. So I was, I was removing myself quite a lot. Um, my patience it dramatically dropped on processed food. Um, my work dropped. I wasn't able to concentrate in work. Um, you need to have a high level of concentration spraying cars. Um, that dropped dramatically. Mm-hmm. There was no benefits to processed food. I have to look back. I'm looking back upon it and I was just going, there's absolutely no benefits. Like I got none of it. Except and for this, I- sorry to interrupt, but this sounds exactly like all of the things I'm dealing with now is like the thoughts, the bad mood, the yeah. lack of no energy. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> something's yeah. not right here. No motivation. Uh, no you motivation. Don't, you don't care. But you see again, right? I'll go into the science behind this, right? Every species on the planet has bacteria in them, Right. And every species has the archaea bacteria, which is basically a bacteria that's like 3.2 billion years old. That's been proven, right? So this is how we all connect with each other. Um, Because we all have one species. Maybe that's God. 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, either way, that's a fact. I have RKI in me. You have RKI in you. The dog, the whale, the bat, the trees. This is probably where spiritual people get that oneness because the fucking RKI are vibrating with each other. And bacteria vibrate. But the one thing is this, is when any species on the planet is sick, they will retreat, they'll fall behind so that they can die and be eaten alive, right? That's just nature. That's not like personal. If the deer is sick, it falls behind so that the wolf can catch it. You know, deers can run at, I think, 35 kilometers an hour and a wolf can run at 30. So nature has it perfect in a sense that the healthy ones have a five kilometer head. They can stay ahead, except for if they're sick. So as every species on the planet, when they get sick, they'll naturally fall away from the tribe. They'll isolate themselves to die because they're no longer viable for the overall tribe. Now, put that into a fucking human perspective. Locking themselves into room, binge watching Netflix, pulling the curtains. They're only doing exactly what the species does. Yeah. And we call it depression. Um, and it's really not the person doing it. It's the bacteria because literally here's the thing about it. The bacteria doesn't know that you've eaten the cookie willingly. All they know is it's poison. Because they can't process it. Because if you can look at food, meat and plants for as long as human beings are eaten, especially as long as human beings have eaten with fire, they've been eating meat, some meat and plants, right? It's only in the last 60 years processed food was developed. So they haven't a clue what this is. They don't know that you've ingested it willingly. All they know is you've consumed something. And they don't know what to do with it. And because it's a toxin, they actually work hard trying to get it out of your body. <laughs> and while they're doing that, there's no fiber in processed food. They end up dying. So a lot of the bacteria die trying to get rid of the toxin that you've ingested. And that's where you get that horrible lull feeling. Because again, if they can make you happy, it's basically like being at a fucking funeral in your body. It's just yeah. sad. It's yeah, like, wait, alive and just yeah. go in a hole and die. Yeah, and it's like, like fucking genocide mm-hmm. of the gut. You know, so when, when I realized all of this going, right, so basically what I'm putting in there determines the mood. Mm-hmm. And the biggest mistake people make is this. They'll eat really clean, really healthy. They'll feel so great. They go, do you know something? I feel so great. I'm just going to buy a pizza and fries or chips. And start the process all over again. And then a few weeks later, they're back on a hate life. I don't know why nobody loves me. Because again, there's no, this is why I was saying with this, it's not, even though it's called the four-week plan, this is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more important rather than going in four weeks, you're going to feel great. But in four weeks, you're going to have your pizza and chips and then you're going to feel like shit again. 
I'd rather you know and go, look, I have a choice to put whatever I want into my body and whatever I put in, there's a certain mood I can't help getting from that. And when you realize to go, right, I'm not in control of my moods. It really changes the game up a little because when you realize that going, right, so basically if I put this in and, and I know this to be 100%, I would argue with a dietitian or a nutritionist and even if you've heard the podcast, I had my nephew on who is a nutritionist and he went through all of the, my diet. And he was like, he put the science behind it as well. He goes, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't help but be happy because of the amount of, the amount of plants you're eating. He says, you're just absolutely swarming yourself with serotonin. Mm -hmm. And I knew this. That's why 21 different plants, because you're guaranteed to feed all of your bacteria. You see, the bacteria that eat broccoli don't eat carrots. So how do you feed the ones that eat carrots and the ones that eat carrots don't eat potatoes and the ones that eat potatoes don't eat chia seeds. Mm -hmm. The reason I say 21 is I'm trying to guarantee that all of my gut, every different species of bacteria in there are being fed. And a benefit for health wise is people, it's common knowledge, your immunity is 75% in your gut. Mm -hmm. huge amount of immunity like your happiness is 90% and your immunity is um, 75% that's where you want to be minding them and nurturing them and treating it exactly like an ecosystem where you're actually tending to it and making sure that they're fed and watered and everything else Because now there's another thing when you have 21 different plants every day into you you have to increase your water because there's so much fiber, right? Um, but if you get all them plants in, you will not be able to be not happy. It's just that simple. There's no way can you not feel happiness. I think you made a good point, Sean, is that a lot of people will try these things out and they'll eat really, really clean for two or three weeks mm -hmm. and then they go back and have the pizza or the processed foods it's how do you make it that lifestyle change versus you know being all in or all out and sticking yeah, with I, it you said yeah. for you is real hey this actually works but I feel like it's hard for a lot of people to to realize that and see the change in how they're feeling to stick with it right so I guess that's one of my biggest problems no I do my, I have I have once a month this is why it's four weeks I suppose once a month, the last weekend in every month, I will have junk food. So the last weekend and then in like and that weekend for, you know, I will buy a takeaway or fast food, as you call it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's you see, I not live in the what do you call it? Holy moly life where it's like you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do. I live a very simple life. If it has one ingredient, I eat it. I literally, if it's one ingredient. But on top of that, then at the end of every month, yeah, I like, now to be honest with you, I'm going to have to answer this in two stages. Previous to giving up the sweets, I was always once a month. I was religious in that sense. It was once a month. 
the last weekend of every month, I allowed myself to have a takeaway because that's only 12 times a year then you're eating takeaway food. So that's 95% you're eating healthy, but you're still getting that treat once a month. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with that answer. Since I've given up the sweets and changed my diet, I'm not eating any fast food. Right? So I'm completely not craving fast food. And my head has gone worse going, so why would you put that junk into you? And this is the way my head has gone now. And I'm not like, I'm not, I haven't bought any fast food. Mm-hmm. And I'm still allowing it. Except for one thing. I, I, I said to myself, see, the madness that goes on up here is fucking mental. But a few weeks ago, I says to myself, why do people always want treats? Like, you don't see a fucking fox going, come on, I'll eat your rabbit and I might get you here. It doesn't do, like, they don't just, you know, have these weekend treats where they go, Jesus, I was running all week. I was catching rabbits. What are you getting for the weekend? I might get a here. <laughs> you know, they don't do these things. And I was looking at animals going, animals don't have the weekend going let's have a treat and they're pretty stressed beans like it's not exactly great for them i'm on about wildlife they don't reward system right they have no idea what that is like oh i had a hard week mm. uh, fast food yeah they don't have this like jeez i was chased there the other day by a fox i think <laughs> they'll have fucking two carrots <laughs> you know what I mean? so they don't have this reward to the best of my knowledge and I was just looking at us going, aren't humans strange? This is the thoughts that was going on in my head. Aren't humans strange? I mean, we work hard all week. And then our reward system is generally a toxin. It's fast food with hydrogenated fat that our body can't break down. Uh, a bottle of wine, you know, a couple of cans or beers or bottles of beers. And our reward system for working all week is to put toxins into our body. And I was just going, that's mad in its own way. And I was looking at it. And then I said to myself, right, if you can figure out why people want treats, you can have your pizza, right? So I kind of put myself in a corner going, if you can figure out why you deserve a treat on a Saturday night, because why not on a Wednesday night, a Tuesday night? Or even a Monday, because a Monday would be my hardest day because I don't work and I'm, you know, cleaning the house in the morning or whatnot. And it's, you know, the kids or whatever. But I asked myself this question, why do you want a treat? And the only answer I can come up with is this. A human wouldn't want a treat if they didn't get tired. Because we only want sugar going into our muscles so that we can run away if we get stressed. So again, it's not even us. It's an automatic response from Mm. a species. We only want carbohydrates when we feel, oh my God, I'm in danger. Have you got any sugar in your muscles? No, quick, eat 15 sliced pans. And I figured out going, the weekend is when people are tired. And the weekend is when they actually want to get that release. You know? And so, yeah, go on. It's you drive up to a drive-thru and you pick up your food and it's that instant fulfillment too when you're tired. It's kind of the natural response as well, right? It's Absolutely. 
Yeah. Which is why I do all my meal prepping in the morning. Mm-hmm. When I have my most, when I have the most, um, the most amount of energy is in the morning time. So I actually meal prep. Literally, I cook breakfast and dinner when I get up. And the reason being is this. The other day, I done a curry. I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but I done a curry the other day. And when I got up, um, I knew I was going to be tired. And I knew it was the weekend. And so I'd done the curry knowing that when I got home, it would be there for me. And it was lovely. It was like, there you go. Instead of getting Mm -hmm. a, because it was my weekend to get a takeaway. So I done this lovely Balti curry. um, And you know something, it was lovely. And it was really nice because when I was eating it, I done it with quinoa. It was really light. And when I was finished eating it, because my brain is at the weekend of having the treat, normally when I'm finished eating, I feel like shit. But when I was finished eating it, because it was just a natural meal, it felt really great. And I went, just well done like that. You're still feeling good like. So because I prepared it, I prepared it first. I got up in the morning. I prepared my meal. So when I get home, like when I get home in the evening time, if I'm looking for carbohydrates, my meal is already prepared. So I don't eat it. Because it's already there. Now, a few times, if I didn't prepare my meals in the morning time, and then I have a tough day in work, I go straight for the potatoes. And it's rare Mm -hmm. that I... Now, I'm not saying for people not to eat potatoes, right? This is just me. Every person, and I'm saying, I suppose, whoever's listening to this, every person, if you only spent three months with yourself, it only took me three months, and I couldn't believe this. If you said to yourself, I mean, between now and Christmas, I'm just going to look at every food, see how I feel with it. The beauty of you being hypersensitive is whatever you put into you, you'll get an emotional response from it. And I literally tested out all my foods, and I see how I feel. When I eat potatoes, I am like a bear going around looking in presses for sweets. They just absolutely <laughs> trigger me wanting to eat sweets. And I'm just opening presses. And my wife calls me the inhaler because I will, if I find <laughs> sweets, I'm like a fucking anteater. I will just suck all them sweets up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, at least I know potatoes trigger my Seats that just trigger me that I'm going around looking for sugar. Yeah. And that's why I avoid carbohydrates in the evening time because number one, I'm tired. But you see, when I'm eating meat in the evening time, meat protein makes you unnaturally full. It really fills your stomach. And the fact is that it's fat. And here's the little thing I can prove. Um, here's the little thing. I'm going to have a little drink because I know you're writing notes, so I'm going to get a little drink. <laughs> I lost... I lost 33 pounds, which is um, 16 kilograms, right? 
by eating only fat and mm-hmm. meat. That's a fact, right? That's so, mind. Yeah, so for people that go, no, fat is bad. I lost 33 pounds, 16 kg, 16 by two. Yeah, 16 kg, roughly 15, 16, definitely 15 kg. Um, I lost that eating meat. And I felt the best I ever felt, as in full, satisfied, really content. Um, I, I'm going to say this, but it's not really for me. My sister said my skin was starting to glow. Because seemingly, when you've glowing skin, it's a fucking legend. Um, my skin improved. Here's the thing I learned about eating meat as well. I had a bad fungal infection on my feet all of my life. As long as I can remember... When I was 16, I had it. I'm 43 now, so you're talking 27 years. During the summer, I had a bad fungal infection. And you see, I work in with steel toe boots, so I mean, they're full of, they're dark and they're damp and they're moist, and that's a perfect environment. When I only ate meat for the three months, my fungal infection went away. It's gone. Because I wasn't eating any sugar. And bacteria love sugar. So there was nothing in there for them to eat. I couldn't believe that. That's a fact. That's like... I couldn't believe that happened to me. Um, my skin improved. My patience went through the roof. I became mm-hmm. really patient. Um, my sleep improved. This is from eating meat. And I went from vegetarian, literally vegetarian on a Sunday, and eating meat on a Monday. Did you eat dairy as well, Sean, or you cut out dairy as well, so it was just meat? I don't naturally eat a lot of dairy. Um, I can tolerate dairy. I don't, I know I can tolerate it as in it doesn't have any effect on me uh, because like that, I tested myself for a couple of months. Um, it doesn't really have a negative effect on me. One thing I noticed about dairy is I, I, I suppose it does have an effect. I produce a lot of phlegm when I'm drinking milk, mm-hmm. a lot of mucus. I, like, <clears throat> I did like, <clears throat> I'd be doing that an awful lot. Yeah. Um, I don't really drink dairy now. And that's not for any reason. I have milk in my tea. I suppose I've milk. I've in the porridge or rolled oats in the morning, I would have like 70% water, 30% milk. So I wouldn't be eating a lot of dairy. I don't really eat a lot of cheese. I don't really eat a lot of dairy. But again, I can. But the one thing I do notice with myself, when I eat a lot of dairy, say when I was eating a lot of cheese, you see, I was eating a lot of cheese on the, we, we call them chips, she called them fries. In Ireland, we'd have chips with fries and sauces and all that sort of stuff. And there'd be cheese on top. Mm-hmm. I noticed when I was eating that, then your pizzas will have cheese. I was getting a lot of, <clears throat> I was doing that a lot. I was trying to clear my throat at all times. So I suppose there would be something with dairy. You know, I just didn't think there was. Tends to cause, for a lot of people, inflammation. Yeah. So how that's affecting your gut too is probably inflammation as well with your gut. And mm. Yeah. It's, again, you see, the best thing anyone can do is try it. Mm-hmm. Try every food. I mean, literally even try, like, as I said, try processed foods. But do, but instead of eating them, try them. 
In other words, put them into you, register how you're going to feel, register how you feel in an hour afterwards, and just watch your thoughts because it's, a, it's brilliant when you watch food going, wow. Like, as I said, the smoothie I had a couple of hours ago is, or a couple of hours ago, I can't help but being happy now with that. And I was tired. Um, processed food, an hour or two afterwards, I'm really, really tired. But it makes sense. It's not a natural food, so your body doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, like for me anyway, I, I do avoid carbohydrates in the evening time. And I mean, I am not craving one sweet. Like, and I went out, I went from my wife having to hide sweets on me, literally, because if I found them, I'd eat them. And there's no shame. Like I was cleaning out, I was cleaning out my wardrobe because I lost so much weight. I can fit into all of my clothes again. Right. And <laughs> I said, I'll clean out my wardrobe and I'll do, you know, cause there was certain clothes I couldn't fit into. And, um, I found a couple of packets of jellies and two Easter eggs that I robbed on the children. And I was just looking at them going, you are a fucking legend. You're robbing Easter eggs on your kids and you don't care. <laughs> and I don't. And then you probably want to eat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, this is only a couple of weeks ago. And Easter was April or something. But that's how much I was hiding sweets. I was hiding like, I, I would do the shopping. I do the shopping every week. Um, I would come in, you buy the, the loo roll or toilet roll, and you see, you'd sneak upstairs being a really good boy with the loo roll, but you're not going up with the loo roll. The loo roll is the distraction. Because you're going up with your little bunch of sweets that you're going to hide in your wardrobe. And you see, then I put the crisps into the utility, which is away from the kitchen. I had it well planned out. So when I was in the utility with the crisps, what I would do is I'd open two packets. I'd pour one packet into another. Thankfully, the bin is outside. So just open the door and put it out. And you see, I'm only walking them with technically one packet of crisps. Because you know what happens when you're too greedy, you get given out to. So then I'd have a packet of crisps and I'd have maybe a few jellies. But you see, this was only the starter for what was hidden upstairs. So <laughs> I had it well planned out, like, you know, that type of way. There was no messing when I came to sweets. And now I can literally, I bought like a tub of sweets for the kids last week and I'm not craving them. And that is, to me, the equivalent of an alcoholic not craving drink. Because mm-hmm. like someone was asking me, when, when you look at me, you think, there's no way were you a binge eater, right? So I'll tell you exactly, because I calculated all of my food. I won't say food, junk food. I ate um, 700, was it 700? Well, no, I'll tell you, so 700. I ate nearly a kilogram a week of chips, right? 150 gram bag per day, seven days a week. And I loved every one of them. And I did. I had roughly about a kilogram a week of chocolate. Just to balance the kilogram of chips. <laughs> I had about three to 400 grams a week of jellies. I had 600 grams a week of uh, 
peanuts, honey roasted, just to get more <laughs> sugar into me. And I had a couple of ice creams. And that was my weekly intake. I was eating roughly about two, between two and a half and three and a half thousand calories a day on sweets. Wow. Yeah. A lot of weight to be able to put on. Yeah. With and, that much. Yeah. Grease. And you see, I can I, imagine. Yeah. What's that? I can imagine how much, uh, how much that affects your mood. Like you can't balance that out with fiber. <laughs> Oh, I, oh, I did. Oh, I, oh, I balanced, like I was, I was a genius when it came to, like, I was doing That's this, for I was doing this for years, I was there, and I'll tell you why, because I, I shouldn't be saying this, because I'm fucking telling you the cheats, right, Um, but a couple of years ago, I went, jeez, your mood is shit, and I was only getting about three weeks of processed foods before I was kind of going into a meltdown. And then I got into the bacterial foods and all this, and my mood starts improving. And I was like, geez, this is really great. The bacterial foods are improving my moods, the kombucha, the kefir, the sauerkraut. I was like, geez, this is great. So then I started getting into the fibers, the inulin, the shwangada, psyllium husk, potato flour, wheat germs. Now I can, these are all, I can, you know, text them to you so you wouldn't have to write them down. But I was there going, I wonder if I really increase my fiber, like, and I mean a ton of fiber, could I eat more sweets and my mood wouldn't dip? Because I know bacteria love sugar, but I know they love fiber more. Mm-hmm. So I was there going, I wonder if they go, they'll actually go for the fiber first. They'll slow down all the sugar, which means technically speaking, I should be able to eat a lot more sweets. And my mood won't crash because I'm not getting the dips. And I was fucking yeah. right. Right. I was right. <laughs> the only problem is I was putting up the weight. Right. Yeah. And then I started looking into the organs and going. You're going to be sick in a few years time, no matter what way you look at this, like you're going to be sick. And last March, I got my bloods taken and they were perfect. Uh-huh. I've never had bad bloods. Never once. And they were perfect. And there's a band in Ireland called Westlife. They're a boy band. And they went out and they like they 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 broke up when they were at their peak. Because they said, you know what, we're at our peak, we'll break up. Because we went out on a high. And I said, I wonder if I do the Westlife, Westlife kind of theory. I'm after getting my bloods, I'm 43 years of age. After coming back perfect, try and do this, you know. And that was the beginning of the end of my sweets. Okay. Now for, a lo- for a load of reasons. I yeah. will not do anything in life for one reason. Um, that was the reason. I got my last bloods and they were perfect. And I said, you know something? And I got to tell you, because I had to put a thought into my fucking head. Because you know the way your head is, your head and my head, hypersensitive heads, we need meaning. We need, we need the meaning of life. We don't want to just go, I'm grand. We want to know the depths of it. We want to know why and to touch the world and to, I do anyway. We do it because we're told to do it. We have to know why. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Even if you don't have BPD, you're definitely in the gang with that one. So I was there. And I actually used my son because he's the one who 
all his offers me sweets, right? So I used him as my template for what I'm going to tell you. And I says to me, Ren, you're going to have to give up sweets. You're going to be sick in a few years' time. Not happening. You don't drink. You don't gamble. You don't smoke. You're a pretty fucking decent husband. You're a pretty decent father. You do the housework. You do the cooking. You do the cleaning. Not all of it. But I, I pull in my share. Not a hope. Not happening. But Charlie needs you. This is my son. And I picture yeah. Charlie holding my hand as I was dying, saying, Daddy, I needed you. I need yeah. you. As he always tells me, Dad, I need you. And he's extremely mm. soft as a child. And I want to be here for him. I want to be here for... I want him to have kids and then I'll fuck off and die. But I can't guarantee that if I'm eating sweets, right? So I got this mental picture in my head of lying in a bed, dying, and Charlie's not that old. And he's going, Dad, I needed you. Why did you eat the sweets? Haven't, yeah. eaten, haven't fucking eaten the sweets since. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah you know, you, you have to look. People with BPD are known for manipulation. I'm going to manipulate my own brain. I'm going to put it <laughs> If it's if I don't if I'm told I'm manipulative, I'm gonna use that manipulation against myself. And I have this picture in my head of him just holding my hand, crying, going, I need you, I need you. And it's a pretty good manipulation because it hurts my heart even thinking about it, right? And the number three reason is I can't get the COVID injection, right? I'm in the I'm not anti-vaxxing. I'm not. Well, all of our kids are vaccinated, so I am. I'm not pro or negative, right? But I can't get it. I can't get it because my body swells and they're afraid in case my throat will close in. Um, you know, so I can't get it. I literally can't get the vaccine. And that's another I'm going, And I know. Like ill health. If I, I know how bacteria works. I know how viruses work. I know exactly they're opportune creatures. They look for an opportunity. If it's there, they'll take it. That's just their nature. And I'm there going, you know, if you're eating sweets this fucking winter, you want to be fucking careful. <laughs> that joke is, you know. <laughs> you have the Chuck Norris version there now with the Delta. Um <laughs> You know what I mean? Do you remember Delta Force? He was fucking, I'm calling it the Chuck Norris version. Um, <laughs> so I'm just making sure I'm as healthy as possible going into the winter. And that's my third reason. So lots of good reasons to not eat processed foods because I'm not going to bring the COVID majorly into it. Here's the thing about processed foods. They cause inflammation. Now, if you're over here fighting a fire, and somebody's robbing your television, you can't be doing two things, right? So if there's no inflammation and something comes into your body that shouldn't be there, you have all of the bacteria that you've fed, you have all your own viruses that people don't probably know we have that are in there, they're happy because the bacteria are fed, they can kind of look at this and go, you know, you cop yourself on now. I was, I was there last week. 
and there's a sickness in our house. There was a sickness in our house last week. And because I'm hypersensitive, I said to my wife, uh, I think there's a sickness in the house. Oh, Christ, don't you start. <laughs> she goes, don't start. But I'm really sensitive. I pick up on things. So anyway, <clears throat> my daughter got sick. Then my, son, my other daughter got sick. Then my son got sick. And I was in work last week, and I could feel it. So I brought my kimchi to work, my Korean kimchi, right? Because it's full of bacteria. And I will eat kimchi during the winter months because I, it's my little booster, right? And I could feel this in my stomach. And I says, listen, either come in or go out, but don't be in the fucking hallway. You know, as we say in Ireland, close the door, come in or go out, but leave, will you close the door? You know, don't be letting out the heat. And I was just... You know, I took the kimchi about two hours and I could feel it. I says, look, either come in or go out. And it went out. So obviously it went in, but it didn't have the fucking COVID pass. <laughs> so it was kicked out again. <laughs> so I was delighted with that because it's telling me my food is working for me. And that's a fact. And I even yep. kissed, I kissed my daughter deliberately on the lips just to make sure I got what she got. Yeah. I did that deliberately because I'm there going, do you know something? If you're eating all this good food and you're fucking promoting all this good food, I wonder what would happen if you kissed a sick child. <laughs> I have a mental illness. We do shit like this. <laughs> mentally ill. It's only the mentally yeah. ill that do this stuff. Ultimate test here, right? It's kind of a little, but like you see, we're not into the winter months yet, so I'm kind of testing the body out. I'll tell you what I am going to hopefully, look, I, you see, I, I don't know if I, it's not a big deal. Every year I get a cold sore, right? Every year I get a cold sore in the winter months. And a cold sore is a virus that's living on you all year long, but it's happy. It's only when your immune system dips, it goes, your immune system's after dipping, here I am. All year long. My natural immune system is keeping that virus at bay. And people don't realize this with viruses, that we keep them at bay all year long. This is why they, later on in life, they send you home. It's like, you're not strong enough. You have to go. There's a queue of children needing to be born. Don't be greedy. You're fucking 104. Whatever. And that's natural nature. But every year, the virus comes out on my lip and I'm kind of wondering this year because it's my diet is extremely clean I wonder will I get one this year I don't know but I'm kind yeah. of inquisitive about it going I wonder will I so I'm kind of looking forward to going will I or won't I I don't know yeah. but for me this is how much diet works this is really how much diet works now the next thing because this is the four fundamentals Anyway, right. I won't move off diet. Have you any questions <laughs> on food? I think on food, I, I guess it's just knowing how to start to eliminate the processed stuff and start okay. to get the stuff in. And I know, I think I heard you say before that with how much fibers you're taking in, you don't have any room to put the bad stuff in. So yeah, you don't. No, I, I wouldn't do that. What's that? It's wondering how to get to that point. 
Nice. And yeah, I wouldn't. So if you think about giving up something, we are at nature primates, right? That's just, there's nothing, there's, an, there's, a, there's a primitive brain in there. The automatic brain is primitive. I mean, even, you know, if you're in, in uh, certain parts of the world where there's baboons, and baboons love salt, right? They really love salt. And if people, if there's people there and they're trying to find water, what they'll do is they'll put a lump of salt into the ground. The baboon will go over, grab the salt, but because its hand is so big, it can't pull its hand out. The man will go over. The indigenous people will go over, grab the baboon, put him in a cage and give him an awful lot of salt. And then they'll open the cage and they'll follow the baboon because the baboon knows where the water is and everybody has water. So we are a very uh, primal species and primates do not like to let go. So I, I'm extremely cautious when say, I have never said to anyone, you know, you need to give this up. I've never said it because I know the minute you say to a primal brain, you have to give this up now. It goes nowhere. Just as I said to you earlier on, you have to give up the sweets. No, straight away it was a big no until I came back because I, I knew what I was going to do. Even though it's all me, it's all me, I know exactly. But the primal brain is not an intelligent brain. It's an automatic brain. It's a, it's a reactive brain, which is why yeah. we get in so much trouble because we use our primal brain. But uh, because we have that, I never say to someone, well, look, you need to kind of give up this. Because the minute you say, I'm giving this up, the primal brain will be like, nowhere. Yeah. So I would introduce more healthy foods. Because as I said to you earlier on, when you're introducing these foods, you will not be able to not grow healthy bacteria. And when you're growing them healthy bacteria, they will want that food. So they'll become the dominant species. So you don't have to use willpower. You have to literally be a farmer and grow the bacteria because they will make you want that particular food. And like one of my, like my smoothies, if I don't get my smoothies in a day, I don't feel right. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like I don't feel right. Like I literally don't feel right. I, my smoothie today, I deliberately left it until three o'clock because I knew this morning, getting up at five, I knew I was going to be tired. So I deliberately left it till three, knowing too well it would perk me up. But if I didn't have a smoothie every day, because I'm so used to drinking smoothies, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. If it's a placebo, it's not. But if it is, it doesn't matter. I still don't feel right. So I would just concentrate on giving yourself plenty of fiber and start growing your bacteria. Like you can get your inulin, ashwagandha, psyllium husk, potato flour, wheat germ. They're fantastic for feeding the gut. There's not many calories in them either. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they're really populating, especially inulin. inulin. Inulin is easily one of the best fibers on the planet. It feeds, I don't know the exact number, but like you're talking, I'm going to give a guess. You have a thousand species. It feeds about 600 of them. So it really is a fantastic fiber. 
because you're guaranteed that you're feeding a huge amount of your gut bacteria and they will grow. Like my morning routine is I'd have a, a fat coffee in the morning, like where it's literally um, MCT coconut oil with inulin and coffee. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a fat coffee. It's just full of fat. But the, mm-hmm. but the fact is with that coffee, well, here's the thing. When you wake up in the morning, don't drink coffee until an hour after you wake up. Why is that? Right. This is going to see, this is veering into the sleep part of the four key fundamentals. But the reason being is this. We have a natural circadian rhythm. So we work off a 24-hour clock. So what happens is, is um, I'm going to have to go into sleep and tell you. I'm going to have to, you know, so I'm going to tell you a bit about the sleep. So when we were, when we were hunter-gatherers, we developed and evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. We, we are the way we are for one reason only, survival. You know, that's it. It's every species is the way they are for survival. So we developed, when we sleep, we get our massive amount of restorative sleep between the hours of 10 o'clock and two o'clock in the morning. Because we were hunted. So we had to get a tight window where we would be absolutely getting the most restorative sleep because we could be awake after two o'clock if there was lines around the tribe or whatever. So what happens is, is we, we go to bed, say, at half nine, 10 o'clock. So we're getting the maximum amount of sleep from 10 o'clock till half 11. That's the most restorative sleep you're going to get. From half 11 until one o'clock, it's 70%, roughly 70%. And from one o'clock until half two, you're down to like 40%. So if you now look at what time you go to bed at, look at how less you're getting your restorative sleep. So from two o'clock onwards, the cortisol in our body starts to produce more. And cortisol is there to wake you up. You need cortisol in you to wake you up in the morning. So we have the most amount of cortisol in us when we wake up in the morning. Now, the problem is if you wake up and you have coffee, you're actually interfering with your body's hormone of producing cortisol. So then you'll actually need the coffee and your body will stop producing cortisol, which is not a good thing to do. When you wake up in the morning, the best thing to do is to drink as much water as you can and flood your organs with water and wait one hour. And then after one hour, you have your coffee and you would not believe the difference. I live by this since I figured it. I didn't figure it out, <laughs> figure it out. I read it. Some other professor figured it out and I read his book. Um, but you see, and here's another thing. Here's another thing as well. If you go to bed late at night, you can be guaranteed you're going to induce anxiety. Staying up late causes anxiety. That's a fact. So staying up really late at night, if you want more anxiety in your life, stay up really late. Because the reason being is this. Our circadian rhythm hasn't changed. 
that's been with us for thousands of years. So again, our bacteria are well used to a human body getting to sleep when it was dark. They restore the whole body. They check in with all the organs to make sure everything is good and sh everything is should be as it is and make sure everything's working. They'll clean out all the toxins and that's how it works. If you're up and you're awake, you're going against their natural rhythm, which makes them anxious because they're not getting to do their job. Mm. And if they don't get to do their job, you're becoming, again, the only reason you would be up is because there's a line in the camp, which means you're in danger. So again, they have no, they don't know that you're up watching Netflix. And generally, people with anxiety like to watch horror films, which isn't exactly helpful towards anxiety, because again, the bacteria are going, oh, Christ, he's a knife. He's a knife. <laughs> Fucking Jesus, you're dead. You know, and I love people with anxiety. They're like, I love watching horrors. You only watch a horror to try and control your own anxiety to see, but you're still fucking your head up. I haven't watched a horror in years when I figured this out going, oh, sure, dear, dear, do you think I'm dying? <laughs> no wonder I'm anxious. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, that was lucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not documentaries these days. I'm like a murder documentary junkie, so I'm sure that doesn't do much for anxiety yeah, either. Yeah, you're not. Doing, yeah, you're not. You're not doing yourself a ton of favor. No, you're not. No, it's, it's, it's all again, the four, this is the four, this is the, it's the four fundamentals is basically a human being. But if you stay up now, there's a couple of sleepers. I know I'm gone into it, but I am going to ask you about food when I, when I finish this, there's a couple of sleepers on the planet. I call them sleepers. Basically for people, it's this, you had the likes of me. I'm tired around half nine and I'll go to bed early, but I wake around five o'clock. So if you look at it now, from I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. You'll have someone going to bed around half ten. They'll wake up around six o'clock in the morning and then someone goes to bed about half eleven. And they'll wake up at seven o'clock in the morning. So now what you have is I'm up at five. So the time that people were asleep is now between half eleven and five, which is shortening the window for us to be eaten. And then you'll have one more sleeper that will wake at the slightest sound. There's only four sleepers on the planet, four people. Um, and they generally fall into that category, half nine, half ten, half eleven. And then one person who will just wake at the slightest sound. And they're the person that got the whole tribe up just in case everybody was asleep at that time. And that's how we survived as a species. It's literally we only you've. Like my wife is a late sleeper, I call her, because she doesn't get, she gets this burst of energy at eight o'clock. And you see, that's why people like that get the burst of energy. So they don't want to fall asleep until probably half 11. Because mm -hmm. they had to stay awake. I don't get that burst of energy at eight o'clock. So I actually want to go to sleep. It's as well why I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. Who do you think is going to fucking eat the food of the camp? I just told you I love sweets. So I'm up at five while everyone else is asleep. Who do you think is going to eat all the shit? Right? Which is generally why people who go to bed late don't be hungry in the morning. Because there's no food left in the camp because Sean ate it. 
right? And if you right. look at people who go to bed late, this is not 100%. There's one person out there going, I'm hungry in the morning. <laughs> it's not 100%. It's generally. Yes. I have, I've, uh, my daughter is a late sleeper. She, and when I figured this out, it's, I don't know if you have kids. If you have kids, this is fucking genius that these sleep scientists have figured out. I give two of my children half portions in the morning because they're late. They don't get tired. And it's worked a treat. My daughter goes to bed early. She would eat a horse in the morning the same as I would. because She's really hungry. But the late sleeper and even my wife in the morning time, tiny, tiny portions because they're naturally not hungry. Because when we were in a tribe, I woke at five and I ate everything. So even back then, you had binge eaters, right? When you look at this from a scientific point of view, what you realize is this. If you don't go to bed before half 11 at night, you're not getting the most restorative sleep. And generally, from what I hear from people as well, the people that can go to bed at half 11 that are in the right mind, what I mean by the right mind, they're okay, they're exercising, they can fall asleep really quickly. So they're already designed to get right into that restorative sleep. So even though they're going to bed a little bit later, they're designed to get right into sleep. So depending on where you fall is what I would say to you is, well, I'd have to ask you the question. Are you grumpy in the morning when you wake up? Are you, are you there or are you alert and fully awake? Uh, it takes me a while to wake up. So, I'm, okay. uh, I go to bed. 10 30 and i wake up around 5 30. that's a good hour though that's that's yeah yeah that's like that's brilliant you know it takes me a while to get going and i'm not one to eat first thing i'll usually have a coffee and then i won't eat until 10 10 30 in the morning yeah and and you see there you go people that are a bit tired because naturally enough your digestive system it's not just you they're not ready yeah. to go as well they're like yeah i'm not ready to go um for sure I definitely would add an hour for the coffee. Drink your water, then your coffee. Um, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely huge difference on your mood. Yeah, I'll have to try it out for sure. Yeah, and here's the thing about mood. I look at mood as an energy thing. Uh, did you ever play video games? Yeah. Right, do you know the way the energy goes down on the video game? I look at it like that going, if you keep the energy up, so every tiny little thing I do, like getting up in the morning, drinking water instead of coffee, that keeps my energy up. Um, you know, every tiny little move I make is the difference of me responding or reacting. Now, when my energy dips, I'll react. And when I yeah. react, I'm a prick. There's no yeah. other way to say it. Um, <laughs> there's not... <laughs> So I like to respond. And if I can respond, it means my energy is good and high. So the sleeping, that's the sleeping. The sleeping is pretty basic because you're going to bed at half 10. You're getting up at half five. That's pretty good. The only difference I would make is don't drink your coffee first thing, not to interfere with your body's natural cortisol rhythm. Okay. What about well, weekend shots? And that throw you off because usually on the weekends, I'm staying up till one, two in the morning and then getting up at 10, 11. Is that going to throw your whole week off? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's again, 
we didn't do it. There was no weekends 10,000 years ago. Um, there's no weekends in the Pinaha tribe or the Hudza. They don't have a Saturday night. They don't have TVs or anything else. There's no weekends. Okay. So again, that is, I'm glad, see, I'm glad you're, this is why I wanted it to be a back and forth because I'm glad you're at, because when you're asking me a question, I've, I won't say I have the answers, but on this, I 100% I have the answers because I've listened to loads of books on sleep. It completely interferes with your weekends. It, okay. Sorry, it completely interferes with your week. If you do two things with sleep, it completely alters your hormones, happiness, and all that sort of stuff. So the, the first one is, if you interfere with your sleep cycle at all, you're more prone to anxiety. I go to bed every night between the hours of half nine and half ten. Every night. There is no, mm-hmm. there's no for me. Um, again, because I, as I said earlier on, I have a choice. I can respond to my children or I can react to them. And trust me, I stayed up late. And it's not fucking pretty. It's, yeah. I, I am extremely strong in my mind. I could never, ever control tiredness. In a sense of when I get tired, I'm I'm an I'm a bastard. Like I'm a fucking there's no point in saying it any other way. When I'm tired, even like you know, I'm just thinking there with Emma a couple of years ago, like you know, I'm grand for a couple of years. So it's like this is a couple of years ago. But like I did stay up late at the weekends because I deserve to. And I'd be going to bed at 12, 1 o'clock. And the next day, because I wasn't getting the restorative sleep, I didn't realize this. Because people have said this to me, for sure, I'm still getting eight hours. Yeah, but you've missed the window. Mm-hmm. They, they will not clean your body at four o'clock in the morning. They will, it's, it's 10 to 2. It's as simple as that. That's the hours mm-hmm. they're open. You can call at any time, but the shop is closed. And the next day, Emma would. Like my wife would be like, Sean, go on to bed. Go on. Why? Why? What? 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 And I'd be looking for a fucking row. Why? What? what? Why? What's wrong with you? Go on to bed. Go up to bed. You're looking for a fucking row. I'm not looking for a row. Why? What's wrong with you? And I'd be looking for a row. I'd be looking for a fucking row. And she knew it. Get up to bed. Get up to bed. Why do you stay up late when you're like this? And she'd be go on up to bed and she'd fucking put me up to bed. Because she knew. And I'd be like, Fucking want a row with you. I want a row. I couldn't say I wanted a row because then she'd know I wanted a row. But I'd be trying my best to get a row over so I could vent my anger. Because I was mm-hmm. angry. Yeah. And I'd be annoying her and fucking poking at her and commenting to see would she fucking respond. And then she figured it out and realized I was tired and then just started sending me to bed. <laughs> but I mean, learning all of this, it gave me great insight to go, Here's another thing I have a choice for. It's my choice to stay up late. If I do, I have to live with the con. It's not the consequences, because the next day I, I can't cope. I just can't. I, I, I find it hard to cope the next day. Now, because we're talking about sleep, and I said I have 101 different things about everything right. If I'm going to a wedding where you in Ireland, you're up till five o'clock in the morning. 
and then you'll start your sing song and then you make because you don't you don't finish until you get the eight o'clock breakfast and then you have your breakfast you go to bed properly after the breakfast so that's <laughs> where a wedding is in ireland <laughs> it's five o'clock sing song get your breakfast go to bed so you're up for 24 hours roughly um and i know this going to a wedding so then i have a plan so i'll go to the wedding i get me breakfast and then I get me little sleep. I get up, have the laugh as well. And you're kind of a bit hyper anyway. Cause, well, I don't drink, but you're still a bit hyper because it's a wedding. I'll go to the afters. But then I go to bed at nine o'clock that night. So I've done my little thing. I've done the afters of the wedding. But I'm gone to bed at nine o'clock that night. And then the <laughs> next day I've restored. Now for f- three to four days, I will not watch anything but comedies. So there's no drama, there's no um, Game of Thrones, there's no anything that has violence. Because again, I'm tired and it can trigger Mm. me. So it's all comedies, very lighthearted films, stuff like that, that'll make me laugh. Because again, I'm looking to induce laughter Mm -hmm. because I'm tired. So with the likes of that... um, I have a plan where, yeah, I'll do it. I'll stay up. But then the next day I retreat. And then the following few days, I will make sure not to watch any thriller, drama. I don't watch horrors now. Anything that could trigger a negative response, I avoid it. Um, Even books. I wouldn't be big into kind of, like I'd read books on the Holocaust. and stuff. Like I wouldn't read anything on the Holocaust. Stuff like that, where I generally would listen to Holocaust books. Um, but definitely not when I'm in bad mood. So I'm respectful of the fact of life is life and I'm not going to go, well, I can't go to weddings because I have to go to bed at half 10. So I actually live my life, but I plan it very well. Right. Plan, you know, at a time and then figure out that balance after to kind of make up for it. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not then, um, Precious is the only fucking word I can come up with at the wedding where I have to go to bed. I have to go to bed. You know, I'm not precious. I'm actually enjoying it. It's a great wedding. Nobody fucking knows. You know, me mates know I don't drink, but I'm, I'm enjoying it where I'm not going to bed. And then the next day, yeah, I don't stay up late. You know, I respect the fact, don't do it two days in a row. But you probably, I don't know, I probably would have a meltdown. Um, so I just don't. But that's basically sleep. Sleep is a seven-day-a-week thing. There is okay. no such thing as a weekend. Um, you wouldn't see a dog on a Saturday night going, I'm fucking staying up tonight. Fuck that shit. Had a fucking tough week there. You know, that type of way. They just, they do the, they just go to bed and they do the wrong <laughs> thing. Um, we're the only fucking species that seems to kind of want to destroy everything that we've done for 200,000 years going, no, this is way better. You can, binge, <laughs> you can binge watch Netflix. Um, you know, we, we don't seem to kind of want to be true to our nature. Um, so that's sleep right now. So I'm going to ask you, have you any questions on the food? Well, just in regards to if like starting the plan and how to go about it. Plan is pretty basic. You said to me earlier on, you had about four about four plants yesterday? Yeah. So oh. I think you had to double 
double the plants every day or just add two or three? Add three. Add three. That's all. Just tomorrow, try and have seven plants in their full portion sizes. Okay. Now, to give you the portion sizes, because just in case someone else is listening. On vegetables, it's a cup. Okay. A couple of vegetables. On fruit, it's their it's the fruit itself, like a banana, an apple, you know, a cup of grapes. Um, but either a cup or the whole fruit. Okay. Um, with seeds, it's a tablespoon. Okay. And with, with nuts, it's a small handful. Now, with the fibers, because I do... The fibers and the probiotics are huge. With the fibers, again, it's a tablespoon as a portion size. Okay. Yeah. Like I had never even heard of inulin until I listened to your podcast. So I don't yeah. know what the you get it. You'll get it in a health food store or you'll get it off Amazon. You get all of this stuff off Amazon. Amazon are paying me 4 million to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 4, 4.2 million. Um, okay. So oh, those fibers, about a tablespoon is all you need and just add it to a, add it to coffee. Yeah, you can add. Now, the inulin, the inulin goes very well with coffee. I've never tried the others in coffee. I don't think they would go. But the others, the ashwagandha, psyllium husk, arrowroot, um, wheat germ, potato flour, I put them into my smoothies. Okay. So, you see, again, in the morning time, I'm getting all of them fibers in and there's very little calories because they're just fiber mm -hmm. but the bacteria are loving it because you're just okay. hitting every one of them okay so all the food is just week one of the plan and just really focus on getting yeah. up to 20 possible to get up to 21 do you think in a week i got up to, oh, no it is that's why i do it in a week right the reason okay it, the reason it's easy, get up, see, all of this is planned in a sense of when people were saying, how did you manage? Um, and I'm, I love numbers. If you were eating zero yesterday, if you had three every day, three sevens is 21. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I, I went up to 36 fibers in a day at one stage. Um, wow. Pretty full, if I'm being honest, but I got up there. I, I, I brought it back to 21. You're fucking way too happy. You're nearly gone into a state of manic, which I okay. kind of like to be normal in a sense of, I don't want to be going around like fucking, you're one hour legally blonde all the time. Do you know the type of, I do want to experience a bit of shit and go, yeah, that was shit. Instead of going, oh, it's fucking great. Everything's great. I just love life. You want to feel a bit of shit and go, yeah, that was shit. I think I'll have to learn from that instead of, geez, everything's great. Fuck it. I love life. <laughs> Who got hey, we don't need This is what you're saying. Yeah. 36, probably overkill. Yeah, I done 36. And I was just like, I was kind of going towards manic. I was going, okay. <laughs> like, someone would go, oh, did you hear about your man that died? Oh, that's fucking wonderful. Oh, that's so what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, I'm too happy to fucking be sad. You know, so okay. I, I had to kind of bring it back to 21. 21 seems to be the magic number for me. Um, okay. Just add three every day. Okay. Now add more water. And 
with food. The kombucha, the kimchi, I would advise you get kimchi. If you like spice, do you like spicy foods? Yeah, I do. Kimchi is brilliant. Like what is kimchi? Kimchi. So I'll go through them. I'll go through like kimchi, right? So kombucha is a fermented tea that's made in China. Well, they they brew it. Most of what we get here in Canada anyways is all pre-made, like you get out at the grocery store. So I'm guessing, like, would you have to make your own kombucha for better effects? I make my own kombucha uh, for two reasons. In Ireland, to buy uh, kombucha is very expensive. Yeah. Um, You're talking like a cent a millimeter. So like a liter would be a tenner. Mm. So you can buy the bacteria on Amazon for about $20. You can buy a Kilner jar with a, a tap on it, an eight liter Kilner jar for maybe $40. And you're done for life, right? So okay. we're talking maybe $60. By the way, I'm obviously Amazon isn't fucking doing this, but at the same token, that's where I buy my stuff. But to set you up with kombucha, and I'll go through kombucha. Kombucha, um, if you buy the Kilner jar with the tap, you have eight liters, and you buy the, the symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, it's called a SCOBY, um, you can, that's about $60 in, in Canada or America. That will give you kombucha for life. Now, here's, <laughs> here then is the fucking cost of making kombucha. You know your black tea bags, mm-hmm. right? Twelve of them, and a, a ye pounds or kilograms in Canada. Either or. Oh great, because um, the Americans are pounds. Um, it's half a kilogram or a pound of sugar, yeah. right? So you're talking a cost of a pound of sugar and twelve tea bags to make eight liters of kombucha. That's 80 euros in the shops. Oh, wow. Right? Eight liters, 80 euros. And to make eight liters of kombucha, here's how you make kombucha. You boil water. You put in the sugar. You dissolve it. You put in the tea bags. Leave them overnight. Take out the tea bags the next day. And you pour that water that is at room temperature in with this bacteria you leave that for one week and now you have kombucha that's how you make kombucha that's as simple as it gets if you can make a cup of tea you can make kombucha because it's exactly the same thing okay that's it i just have to wait you gotta be patient generally in atlone if people are making kombucha i give them two bottles but you're in canada so Maybe buy yourself a couple of bottles of kombucha to get you through the week. <laughs> and then at the end of the week, you'll have kombucha. Um, but you like you literally have kombucha for life because the bacteria continually grow eating the sugar. Mm-hmm. You'll get the grandmother, the granddaughter. It just continually grows. It just never stops growing. Um, okay. That's kombucha. And I always throw in this kind of semi-joke. Your health comes from bacteria and your immune system. So the more bacteria you're putting in, the more healthier you're getting, right? 
Chinese didn't really get too much affected by the COVID. They drink kombucha. I don't know yeah. if I don't know if there's a link in that, but the, they don't drink much. They don't. They drink kombucha. Um, the other thing is kimchi. Kimchi is a South Korean dish. And it's basically, I'll give you an example. You can go in and get a probiotic in a pharmacy and you could get like 14 strains of friendly bacteria. Kimchi has been recorded to have between 300 to 350 strains of bacteria in it. Oh, wow. It's in a huge amount of friendly bacteria, huge, which is why in the wintertime, I eat kimchi. I leave it for the summer, and then in the wintertime, I just hit my body with that probiotic. And it gives me a real boost. And kimchi, in Ireland, it's not that expensive. Um, the way I look at it is, is it's really healthy. So it's not expensive because you just get sick once. I calculated, like, I calculated me being sick once would pay for my six months of kimchi. So yep. it's, it's not that expensive. Um, sauerkraut is a fermented cabbage. Right? You could literally make it at home if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You, here's how you make sauerkraut. You get cabbage, white cabbage, chop it up really finely or put it in a food processor that chops it up, right? Mm-hmm. Put a layer in a bowl, Himalayan salt, another layer, Himalayan salt, another layer, Himalayan salt. Get your fists. Now, this is the best part. Pretend you're annoyed with someone and punch that cabbage downwards, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you can picture whoever you want, and you're munching in your fists into the cabbage. Obviously, wash your hands first. And you're going to create a brine, it's called. You're basically crushing the cabbage until the juices come up. Okay. Put that into a jar. Close the lid. Push it down with a wooden spoon so the brine comes up. Leave it for four or five days. You now have a completely probiotic food. And the best okay. thing is, is you've used your own bacteria with it. Okay. So you Does it taste good? <laughs> tastes like pickles. You know, sour pickles? Yeah. Tastes like sour pickles. That's okay. Full of, full of, and it's full of bacteria. Um, all these, you see, again, as a species, what we were doing is, we wouldn't like we didn't have the fridge. So, I mean, we would have been fermenting our foods. Right. Because you could do that and it just stays. It doesn't go off. So you, people would have been eating this during the wintertime to keep themselves alive, not realizing. They were actually creating a probiotic, not realizing it. And they were right. keeping themselves healthy over the winter. So, again, that's why I really enforce a really strong regimen of bacteria over the winter. Because it's going back to what we did as a species. Mm-hmm. We have been fermenting our foods during the summer and eating them during the winter. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. why I, I, I basically go back to what we done 20,000 years ago. Before we were screwed up. 
before we started farming, before we started doing anything like this, I just went back and went, 20,000 years, what did we do? Now, the argument in 20,000 years ago, they only lived to about 20 to 40 years of age. They didn't have penicillin. That's the difference. I, yeah. I, I'm not going, oh, I won't take penicillin. At worst case, I will. But I use science with what we did as a species. Um, so it's very important. Now, what I do when I'm eating, here's the few things I do when I'm eating. I only eat one ingredient. So there's nothing to remember. I get 21 different plants into me every day. And as I said, I eat my meat. I'm not saying for people to do this, but I eat my meat. So that makes me feel full. But with every meal I eat, I eat a probiotic food with it. Okay. Reason being is this. No species on the planet eats food without bacteria helping to eat it with it. So if you take even a simple thing like a cow, when a cow is eating the grass, the grass is full of bacteria. So the cow is eating the bacteria. When you see a lion eating a zebra, it'll go straight for the stomach. Mm -hmm. Straight to get the gut. It eats the gut bacteria to help digest the meat. So even, even the lions know how to eat a probiotic. <laughs> it's, it's, they're kind of eating it out of the gut of the zebra, but at the same token, that's what they're doing. They're getting in the bacteria to help digest the meat as well. So every meal I eat, I will eat a probiotic food with it. Now, I have, I have kefir as well. You can get kefir here. It's, um, it's a fermented, it's a yogurty, you know, it's a milk drink full of bacteria. You know, absolutely lovely with orange juice. You wouldn't think to mix yogurt kind of with orange juice, but it's absolutely lovely. Um, and again, you see all these things I've tested and tested and tested and tested, and it's great. But I have kefir, so I have three bacteria that I eat. I eat or I drink kombucha. I make my smoothies now with kombucha. Oh, wow! Right, I'll tell you why I've done this. When you make a smoothie, it goes off because there's yeast in the air, and yeast, the minute a fruit is cut the yeast will start eating it. Do you know when you cut an apple, the yeast starts eating the apple straight away and it goes brown. So I was there going years ago when I figured out bacteria going, so they're the most dominant species on the planet. So you have to kind of mind them. And then my head was raffling around with bacteria. So I says, right. So then the most dominant species is the most dominant species. And they'll make sure all other bacteria can kind of stay away, which is why there was no real flu last year. It was just COVID. And that's just the way it works. It works of a very dominant species. So what I did is I made, I made a smoothie and I poured 500 ml into one jar and 500 ml into another jar. But in the other jar, I added kombucha. And in this one, I added water. And I just put them into the fridge. And I mixed them up. The one with the water went off. The one with the kombucha didn't. Really? Wow. It doesn't even separate. Do you know the way you leave them in the fridge and they separate and the water goes to the bottom and it separates and it's all glunky. And when you put in the bacteria, because I was thinking this going, 
well, sure, if I add bacteria, they're going to be the dominant species, and then the yeast can't go near it. And mm-hmm. I, I was right. So wow. I, make, I make all of my smoothies with kombucha. And they don't, like, I'm not saying they don't go off, mm-hmm. but they don't go off. They literally don't. How, how quickly do you make sure you eat your smoothies after you make them? Like, is there a timeline before they're not as good to drink? Or Again, what, with a smoothie in general, from what I know, right? So from what I know, if you make a smoothie, you're best to drink it more or less there and then. Mm-hmm. Because the yeast is going to start going into it. And, you know, it's, it's not like it's decaying at a rapid rate. I mean, you know, it doesn't take yeast takes a long time to decay food. But it is decaying practically from there. So you're losing nutrients because they're eating the nutrients. But with the kombucha, it's a different kettle of fish because the kombucha is an acidic environment. And kombucha love the sugar. They're eating the sugar, but they're actually producing more friendly bacteria. So you're totally changing up the actual composition of the fruit because they're actually then producing more bacteria, but they're protecting the fruit because they're the dominant species. And I've tested this. I've tested, like, I've drank a smoothie five days after I met it and I didn't get sick. And okay. you couldn't do that. Like, and I've, and I've left no. a smoothie in a fridge for five days without kombucha and you wouldn't go near it. Like, um, <laughs> so now I don't, the longest I do today is two days. I'll make okay. a smoothie, but I'll make a smoothie, but my smoothie maker is huge. It's 2.2 liters. So I'll make a smoothie and I'll drink, you know, one today and one tomorrow. You're talking nearly a liter of smoothie. Um, well, not so much. I give, the family as well but it's two days but with the kombucha it lasts yeah hey i think that sums up food pretty good it I does we... it's, yeah it's pretty good it's it's basically eat one ingredient and eat a probiotic or drink a probiotic with it like to give you an idea i will have a smoothie in the morning with kombucha i'll then have um I have like a, a protein, like sardines for lunch with kefir. And then I have um, my main meal in the evening, which is meat. And I'll follow that with a spoon of kimchi. And I don't eat after that. Oh, I've literally you- stopped. I've literally stopped eating after six o'clock with uh, eating just meat. Okay. Uh, so just meat. You don't have any like green leafy vegetables or anything. It's just meat in the I, evening. In the, now, in the evening, I will have... Peppers, onions, mushrooms, or garlic. That's what I seem to be able to tolerate. Um, I have peppers, mushrooms, onion, which is pretty nice with meat. Um, yeah. And I have an abundance of them. So, again, when you eat onions, this is bacterial again. When you eat onions, onions help have a thing called inulin. So they have inulin in them. Inulin helps ferment bacteria. So what's happening is when you're eating meat, the onions help ferment your gut, which means they'll actually produce more bacteria to break down okay. meat. Okay, good to know. I love onions, so. <laughs> yeah, you see, this is why, like, even in Ireland, we have, a, I won't say a famous dish, but what you have in Ireland is you have bacon and cabbage. 
if you eat cabbage, it'll ferment and help break down the bacon. So when you're eating a meal, if you eat the complementary thing beside it, that will actually produce more bacteria, which is practically onions, cabbage, stuff like that. We'll say garlic. That'll help break down the meat. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's as, that's as basic as I do food. It's, it's really and simply that is basic as I do food. One ingredient and I eat um, a probiotic with my food. Okay, so that, perfect. That's the sleep. The sleep is pretty basic. That's the food. Um, the next thing then is exercise. Now, here's the beauty of exercise. You don't have to do a lot of it, right? Exercise as a species, again, we would have only got up in the morning time and walked. There's no way that we get up 20,000 years ago and go, you fancy a jog, Tom? He's like, I didn't eat in four days. Do you want me to burn more fucking calories? I'm not running. The only reason humans ever ran is if they were chased, which is why scientifically proven, it's best to sprint if you want to exercise and stop and sprint and stop and sprint and stop because that coincides with being chased because the boys down below happen to fucking clue that you're just sprinting and what they'll do is when you sprint and stop they will check your whole body to make sure that you haven't been eaten or scraped and they'll flood you with lovely hormones just in case you are and they'll flood you with their own anesthetic just in case you're just about to be eaten alive and you'll feel fantastic and euphoric because that's what the human body when an animal has been eaten they will produce their own anesthetic not to feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's a built-in <laughs> thing that all animals have that they just, in case they're being eaten from fucking behind, you know, <laughs> in, case they didn't get for, in case the neck wasn't hit first, they have their own anesthetic to stop them feeling the pain of being eaten alive. And as it turns out, we do too. Um, this is why we have receptors to opiates is because we literally can produce opiates in our brain in case we're being eaten alive. So sprinting, did the only reason we ran is if we were being chased. They haven't a clue that we're just going for a sprint. So they yeah. put us with this fucking happy hormone going, oh, Christ, I'm so sorry. You're probably going to be eaten alive. <laughs> you know, which is why people feel great after a jog. Because um, they're checking the whole body for little scrapes and tears and everything else to make sure that they don't die. Um. So, so how much is optimal to exercise? Like, should we do it every single day or? Right. You should like, now I'm not recommending anyone sprint, right? That's just a story that I learned. What you should do every day is walk. Pretty basic. When I'm at home, I'll walk. If I'm on the phone to somebody, I'll walk. When we were locked down during COVID, I was averaging out in the house um, 15 kilometers a day in the house, complete lockdown. I was averaging walking about 15 kilometers, or not 15, sorry, not 15 kilometers, around uh, 20,000 steps, which is about yeah. 14, 20,000 steps a day in the house, which is about 14 kilometers. 
So even in lockdown, when we weren't allowed out, I was averaging walking per day in the house 14, 14 kilometers because I'm constantly moving. When I figured out that when you're constantly moving, now I know if you're working in an office, it's a problem, but you can go for your 10-minute walk at your break. Um, and it's so important to actually walk after you eat to help your digestion. Simple little things like going for a walk after you eat. If you eat, go for a little 10-minute walk. Uh, five minutes one way, five minutes back. You know, um, so I simply walk. That's the advice I give with exercise because depending on people's fitness levels, we are designed to walk. It's why a dog's legs are bent. That's why they lie down all the time. They're designed to sprint. We're designed to actually stand up all day long. That's no problem. That's why dogs can't stand up all day long. Their, their legs are bent, so they're already in a running motion. Whereas mm -hmm. our legs are straight, so we're designed to stand up. So the problem is, is when we're sitting down a lot and when we're lying down a lot, my theory is they're going, oh, you're fucking sick again. Quick, get them away from everyone. You know what I mean? So I move on the basis of letting my body know that I'm active. And when my body's active, I'm healthy. So I'm constantly moving. I cycle to work. I know what I'm saying. Not everybody can do. I cycle to work and my job is active being a sprayer. I'm up and down and bending and kneeling and whatever way I'm spraying the car. But even if I'm at home, and as I said, the lockdown was a good kind of We'll say a reference. I was I was clocking up definitely over 12 kilometers every day just in the house. We weren't even allowed to leave the house. I was clocking up 12 kilometers. I was constantly moving. Moving about constantly. Um, so walking is really what we did as a species. Far we were being chased. Um, if you can sprint, it really is optimal. It's unnaturally good for you sprinting like there's nothing that can compare there's only two things that i know that really are hugely beneficial one is lifting weights women think they shouldn't lift weights you're you're not going to be like a man you don't have enough testosterone um lifting weights is fantastic when you get older to help your joints to protect your bones make sure there's a huge amount of muscle to protect your bones um, women won't bulk up like Garnel Schwarzenegger because you just don't have testosterone. And to prove that, look at women bodybuilders have to take extra testosterone. Right. Yeah. Bulk up. So it doesn't matter if a woman does weights. You don't have the testosterone to actually build like a man. It's mm -hmm. not in your yeah. DNA. Uh, which is why women avoid weights. Weights are fantastic for loads of reasons. Number one, it's resistance. You're going to build strength. If you're over 50, they recommend doing weights. Um, all of these things, weightlifting is number one. Sprinting is number, it's not number two, but sprinting as well is absolutely brilliant. And sprinting is great because it's short bursts. You're not going to be able to do it for very long, but the benefits you get from it are huge. If you can sprint for five or 10 seconds and do that maybe five or 10 times, you're done. Because again, yeah. here's the thing. You won't be able to sprint all day. But the benefits, what science says that you get from sprinting, are you get uh, brand new cells. You're re 
You see, again, because when you're running away, you're the fucking they think you're being chased. So it's- I laughed because I I hate cardio and I tell my friends the only time I run, they're like, oh, let's go for a run. I won't run unless something's chasing me is the exact yeah. answer I give. Oh, yeah, I can really relate. But yeah, yeah. So that's it. Walking like walking is plenty good. It really is plenty good. Um, reflection. Now, this is the last thing. Reflection, it's this simple. When you wake up every morning, just write down two pages. Get a journal like you have there. When you wake up in the morning, write down two pages. And it doesn't have to be anything in particular. It's just to empty your head. So even if you wake up in the morning and your brain is going blah, 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 I don't know what to write. You literally write down blah, blah, blah. I don't know what to write. And just keep writing. Well, someone said to me before, what will I write about? Whatever you want. Whatever you wake up with, give yourself about 10, 15 minutes extra in the morning. You wake up, you have your water, you sit down or whatever, or, you know, wash yourself or whatever you do in the morning. When you're finished your routine, you go down and you just write. And whatever you write, you write. Now, here's the beauty of it. When you implement all of the other steps, going to bed early, eating one ingredient foods with probiotics, walking, and then you write down in the morning, you will empty your brain of all of its thoughts, which allows in fresh thoughts. And because you're giving yourself all of that extra energy, because your exercising is giving your energy, your sleeping properly is giving your energy, your um, food is giving you energy. When then you get your natural stress, you have a lot more energy to respond. And you'll notice that you're going to start responding more to things. And here's the thing about writing down. You become your own therapist. You actually literally write down yesterday, you know, this happened and I will do this today because that's what people do tell me. Um, I, you, you never have to tell anybody and you can literally burn them. But the few people that have told me, because when I say to them, look, I normally do this over the phone and nobody knows about it. This is the first time I've done the four, four, four things on this because it's getting busier and I want it kind of to be a full podcast, which is why it, I knew it takes so long. It takes it always took an average of two and a half hours, which is pretty much where we're nearly at. Um. Because you can't get it in in an hour. And anyway, but I've always said that to people. You don't need to tell anybody your thoughts. You know, I was thinking of killing a chicken and riding on the back of a fucking buffalo. It doesn't matter what you write. Whatever you want to write. <laughs> I've never wrote that, but I just thought about it. Um, <clears throat> we don't even have buffaloes. But you can write down whatever you want. And there you will find then you're emptying your brain. You're feeding your body. You're giving your body the best human experience because that's what humans did. You can't contest that. You can't contest that we ate one ingredient foods. You can't contest that we did sleep when it got dark. I'm talking about 10, 20,000 years ago, no electricity, just a campfire. You know, even all of these things, when you implement them and you do your morning pages, you will not 
believe how well your brain will actually start to just get into its own rhythm. And you, here's the thing about gut bacteria. As I said to you earlier on, you have archaea. The archaea that are in your gut are billions of years old. I'm not going to claim that the next thing I say is true. Everything I've said to you previously, this is science. Now this is not science. This is, this is my theory. That could be the inner wisdom that people get. Because literally mm-hmm. that archaea came from your mother. Through the birth canal and her archaea came from her mother. And that's how we get reinfected with the bacteria. That's what bacteria want to do. I mean, the COVID's job is to get into you. It's not to kill you. It's to get in your healthy, happy days. It now has a host. That's all viruses. They don't want to kill you. That's a, they would die themselves as a species. But the archaea are in every species. Thankfully, they're friendly. And they get reinfected with the, with the mammal or any other species through the birth canal. And that's how it all starts again. But if you can think about it, this is where my head gets warped and it's all a theory at this stage. This is why we're afraid of spiders and not cars. <laughs> well, at some stage, spiders killed us. You know, um, it's why cats are afraid of cucumbers from behind because it looks like a snake. Yet they've never <laughs> seen a snake. So yeah. the inner wisdom that I think people have are that good feeling that everybody talks about you will start to tune into that when you start implementing this and listening to that inner wisdom that every human being has and my main thing with all of this is that is that people actually tune into themselves you know become more in tune with their own inner wisdom that they naturally have that deep down they have but they're just not implementing a proper diet, a proper sleep, proper exercise, and then reflection. Right. There's no connection there. And then that's where we suffer mentally because we don't know our inner, inner selves, right? Exactly. Now, Sean, do you think it makes a difference? Now you're saying to write your reflections in the morning. Is that so that you've cleared your head for the day or would there be benefits of doing it? For like the night owls, could they do that at night or is it best in the morning? Right. I'm glad you asked that question. Um, No, because I've been asked this question a lot of times and I'll tell you, I'll I'll give you my, I'll give you the answer from people that have done it. Okay. The reason I say the morning time is this, you have all the day to process what you've written about and think about. So your brain will naturally, your brain will bring up stuff that you don't know you'll be writing stuff going, Jesus, I totally forgot that. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And I notice, right? You don't want to be writing that going to bed going, just I remember that. That fucking annoyed me now years ago. I totally forgot that. That one's a fucking bitch. And then you're, <laughs> and you're not getting to sleep because <laughs> someone said that to me. Should I write at night? I uh, probably wouldn't. But if you want to do. Oh. And then they wrote at night and they went, couldn't fucking sleep last night thinking of that bitch. You know what I mean? So your brain will, you will, the the reason the morning pages are the morning pages is 
you are literally going to be counseling yourself. You are going to be figuring you out. And because then you have all this energy from the food, exercise, and sleep, you'll be able to reflect over it. <laughs> and you will be able to go, Jesus, yeah. Because you see, here's the thing. It's not that things stress us out in life. As I said to you earlier on, it's not the children that stress you out. It's your inability and your lack of nutrients to deal with them. Because yeah. when, you, when anybody, anybody, I mean anybody, a lion, a goat, a tiger, a human being, when they get stressed, any form of stress, walking is a stress, thinking about something is a stress, automatically your minerals and nutrients are called upon because your body is going into a state of stress. So you're actually looking for what you need. And if you don't have them nutrients in you, that's when you can't concentrate properly. So when you actually fuel your body with all the proper nutrients, you'll see that you're, the things that were stressful to you, and I would recommend you do write this, go, these are the things that stress me today and date it. And look at them in a month's time and go, do these things still have the same impact? And I mean, I would even recommend putting a number beside them like, this stresses me, you know, Tom, <laughs> I don't know, if it, you know, Tom putting the coat on the back of the chair, 80%, we have a coat hanger, right? And in a month's time, you'll, you, that could be down to 30. And it's the exact same thing that's happening. And I've done that. I've looked at things and I went, that fucking annoys me 80. I'm a very numbers guy. That annoys me 80%. This annoys me. And, and then when you eat well, they don't even bother you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the four weeks. Um, that's why I've never done it before, because it is about two and a half hours. <laughs> and I can't do the four weeks on my own because I need the over and back. I need right. that. You know? The feedback. So, yeah. What, do you, what did you think of it? I, I think it's brilliant. I'm excited to give it a go. Yeah. And yeah. Remember in your podcast, when you were talking about the four week plan and you recommended to that fellow to try to eat the processed foods again. Yes. So do yes. you think that's still an important part or is it something that you think you can bypass now? No, no, I, I don't so much bring it up now. I, and also, how, how stringent should you stick to the four weeks? Like, do you recommend doing it one week at a time to incorporate these things? Or is it something you could just do them all tomorrow? You could do them all tomorrow if you wanted to. The reason I give it four weeks is depending on someone's mental health. So not to overly stress someone, it's very easy to add three fibers or plants every day. Mm -hmm. And then on the following week, depending on their sleep cycle, um, you know, some people are going to bed at one o'clock. So I do say to them, bring it back by 20 minutes until you get to, you know, your half 11 is your max, like quarter past 11. You should be asleep at half 11. So depending on the person for the first week, I just say add three plants every day. That'll bring them up to 21 because there's not much stress in that. You just have to go and do your shopping. Everything I buy is frozen. Everything. Bar potatoes. I don't have time to be prepping 
So it's out of a bag and steamed. And I'm really, really strong mentally. The second week is sleep if you're staying up late and you just bring it back by 20 minutes every night until you get to your time. Half nine, half ten, half eleven. The third week is exercise. Again, I'm not trying to stress people. So I go, look, on the third week, you know, just go for a couple of walks. Try and get in 20, 30 minutes of walk in a day. You know, and then the fourth week is reflection. You write down your two pages. At that stage, they should have all their energy to commit to writing down two pages. You could literally start it tomorrow morning. Why not? It's not like you mm-hmm. have to, if in a mental way you went, you know something, I could do this tomorrow morning, 100%. Now, I will say this, the once a month, keep to it. Unless you get, I'm not saying like me, unless you don't want to, but have it in a sense of going, the last Saturday every month, I'm going to have this, you know? And if you can do that the last Saturday every month, that means you're committing to eating 95% of the time healthy. And you're going to have your treat once a month. You know? The next thing then is one. You're keeping consistent. Like it's more of like the 80-20 as opposed to just doing, trying to do 100 all the time and potentially failing too, right? No, because we're humans. We want. We always want. There's always a want in us. So I look forward I'm going to pretend I'm still eating takeaways, but I look forward to the once a month. I look forward mm-hmm. to that. You know, I'm going to have a takeaway this month. It's a pizza, chips, a burger, whatever I want. I'm going to have it. So I look forward to that, you know. Sure. Um, now I have it. one more for you without yeah. sucking up day or yeah. evening, I guess. Um, for people that are drinking alcohol. Now, Just I know you could... How do you recommend people that are drinking regularly to try to cut back or get that out of the system with the four week plan? Okay, I'm going to, I was going to, this is, I was literally going to say the alcohol because it's huge. Yeah. Right. You know, when you put hand sanitizer on your hands, what's in the hand sanitizer that burns the a lot. <laughs> so there's alcohol in it. Alcohol burns bacteria alive. That's what it does. It literally yeah. burns bacteria alive. When you drink, I, I, I don't care who drinks, who doesn't drink. I'm just, I'm just going to give you the science. Alcohol literally burns bacteria alive. When you're burning the thing inside you, that gives you 90% of your happy hormones and 75% of your immunity. Couldn't imagine they're going to be over the moon with you. Now, they don't know you're drinking alcohol. Again, they think you've mistakenly ingested it, right? Because when they feel alcohol in their environment, they will do everything in their power to get rid of the toxin. And what they'll do is they'll draw all the water from your body to flush out that toxin. They'll take as much water from your cells. They'll take the water from your brain. They will draw water from every inch of you 
to flush out the toxin. While they're doing it, they're under so much stress trying to get rid of this toxin, they'll re- they will eliminate all your B vitamins, your B12 especially. And B12 is a major vitamin. If you're lacking in it, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> right? Yeah. So should you drink? That's up to you. I'm just telling you what happens when you drink. Um, your bacteria regarded as a complete and utter toxin. It literally burns them alive and you kill them in the process. And that's where you end up being depressed afterwards because you've wiped out a community that are trying to keep you alive. They're, not, they're no longer able to keep you happy. You basically napalm them. Um, that's what happens when you drink. So it's very counteractive to the entire plan, essentially. Is uh, it, Like, look, I, I was chatting to a fella in Ireland the other night and he had a big business and I just said to him, he asked me the same question. And I said, I want you to think about your largest customer who really is your business. That's your number one customer. You remove them, your business is gone. And he goes, yeah. You wouldn't really burn them alive, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't really fucking piss on them. Like, um, yeah, it's, 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 um, look, that's what alcohol does. I can't, I, I, alcohol is a toxin to the human body. Um, it, and, and that's where you get your hangover is that they're literally pulling every water from your body to try and flush this toxin out. They do not look yeah. at it as Saturday night enjoyment. They haven't a clue you're ingesting it. They just know it's in the body and they will do everything in their power to get rid of this toxin. And it's so interesting, like you said, how for a lot of people, you're down for a few days after, like you're depressed, your mood is awful. And you could be feeling fine, you're over the hangover or you're over the few drinks, but you still have that depressed mood for, you know, three or four days. So, yeah. And, 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 and you're saying three or four days. So just look at the, you will drink for a few hours and it costs you three or four days. Yeah. And you don't even read a lot of the time. You don't even make the connection. You just say, oh, why do I feel like shit? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I have wine on the weekend, right? So because you have to regenerate all your B vitamins, you have to, um, I mean, you have to repopulate your, your bacteria because literally, You've burnt them. And the problem with some bacteria is they won't repopulate. You'll kill them. The lesser species, some bacteria have like, we'll say hundreds of millions. Some bacteria have two or three million. They are the ones that can easily get wiped out. And when they're Mm -hmm. gone, they're gone. There is no repopulating them. I mean, even when you're eating probiotic foods every day, they go in and go out. They're, They're not part of your permanent bacteria. So they're literally in help digest your food and you'll pass them out as well. So they don't become part of your permanent bacteria. And when you realize that you have a permanent bacteria, that you can't repopulate them, drinking, it burns bacteria. That's all drinking does. I'm not saying drink or don't drink. I don't give a shit what people do in a sense of that's your life. Um, I do say to people, so long as I don't get drunk, if you drink, I don't give a shit. <laughs> If it doesn't matter, if I don't put up the weight when you're eating, I don't care. Because I think 
it's not for me to tell people what to do. I think it's more important for me to say, I've listened to the science. This is the science on it. This is what alcohol does to the human body. Rather than saying drink is bad for you, I prefer to know, well, drink actually burns bacteria alive. And the perfect, and the perfect position we're in at the moment is everybody knows that bacteria and hand sanitizer, it literally burns them alive. That's what it does. I think people just, especially with these days and how much we're drinking as a society, you don't realize the effects that it has on you. No. You see them down the road. I'm in healthcare, so I see all these patients way, way later on and their livers are shot and they're on their yeah. deathbeds. Yeah. But you think of how it can affect you just from day to day with even mild amounts, right? So no. I think it's, if you're going to make these changes for your mental health and your moods, um, it's important to see what even just that one thing, yeah. how it will I'll counteract what yeah. you're trying to fix. Oh. And even, I mean, I don't drink. Even once a month, again, once a month, why not have your wine and your fast food once a month? Again, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a kind of a treat. It's like, and, and at least, right, once, a, see, I don't drink. So once a month, you could have your bottle of wine, you could have your fast food, you know you're going to feel like shit the next day, but then you implement the comedies and the happy programs and you stay away from the Game of Thrones or whatever else, that, or the thrillers or the crime documentaries that you're watching. And again, you plan it ahead. You go, I'm going to have my shit food. I'm going to feel like shit. And then this is what I do for the next couple of days. And enjoy feeling like shit. Like... When I was eating pizza and chips, I was going, cow, like even my wife was looking at me going, because she will not touch it. I go, can't wait to feel like shit. She goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go, like, she, like, listen to what you're saying. I go, yeah, I know I can't feel, I can't wait to feel like shit. I'm going to feel like shit now after this. And I'd be eating yeah. the pizza. And then I'd feel like shit. And I'd be like, I feel like shit. <laughs> but I was loving it. Because I know... When the thoughts come in, then it'll be like, oh, I hate life. No, I know that. Look, I know it's not me. That's you. That's just, look, I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to give you a lovely smoothie in the morning. Sorry about this. I deserve to yeah. feel like shit. I'm a human being. I deserve to feel like shit. And in a weird way, I looked forward to it once a month. Now, I'm fucking not doing it now. Maybe I'll get back into it. I don't know. But I've no, I've no need now. Thankfully. Yeah, I mean, and it just reinforces how well it works, how food is, is your medicine, right? To even do that once a month and you see how night and day the differences are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's, yeah. like, for me, I would say this to an audience that are psychiatrists and all that sort of stuff, because I've backed up everything I said, or the theory that I said at the end, but I'll always say that's a theory. I've backed up everything with science. Everything. Mm -hmm. So there's no way am I might kind of going, ah, well, I think, and you know, I think it's backed up by people who spent 40, 50 years researching sleep and diet and fiber and bacteria. Well, bacteria are only recent. But everything I've said is backed up by science. Bar the theory I had about the RKI. The RKI are, are in everything, but the theory is that's why we feel connected. But that's basically, that is the four-week plan, you know? 
that's it. That's all. <laughs> as, as your man, the little gray fella said, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Sean. I'm, I'm really grateful for everything, for your time today, first of all. But even all your podcasts have really opened my eyes a lot. And it's made me feel like I've gotten to know myself better. And so I'm really looking forward to kind of making some changes now and, and yeah. figuring myself bit more so so thank you very much oh thanks look thanks for coming on will you do me one favor though i will will you come back on in four weeks time and and tell me how you feel absolutely yeah um what's the date today today's the um 18th yeah the 18th so will we say about a month from now yeah yeah I might contact you after this and just to get a few more uh, lists of some of the probiotics, like you said, just so that I can find sort of more of the things and can implement a little bit. Because like I said, I'm complete newbie at oh, all this stuff, yeah. some of these things and yeah, yeah. have to get a list from you. Absolutely. Um, well, look, what I'll do so, I'll end the podcast and that's the four week plan for anyone that wants to listen. And um, listen, thanks very much. Thank you.